0: All right, we are going to continue in uh, James, the book of James, near the end of the New Testament. And uh, we've been in this for several weeks now. And today we're right at the end of chapter 4, picking up at verse 13. So today we're in James chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. And we're calling this, If the Lord wills, as we uh, as we look at our faith in action. And just a few verses, um, but profound uh, teaching here from... From James. If you've got that, follow along with me. James chapter 4, picking up at verse 13. He says this, Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We'll do business there and we'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I don't know if you've been able to have any conversations lately that aren't about COVID-19. But we can't talk about sports, really, and I'm mad at hockey, so I'm not talking about them. Sorry to disappoint you, Janice. Can't talk about seeing a new movie or doing fun stuff. You're sort of limited in so many ways. So we get to talk about COVID 19. And uh, we got all these new words in our vocabulary. And I bet you some of these words you're so sick and tired of. Any, uh, any words you're like, I, I never need to hear that word again. Or I didn't even know that was a word. Mask. Mask. Social distancing. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. That's the one that, that, that I'm with you, Denise. That one gets me. On, you're on mute. Unmute, Unmute yeah. Unmute yourself. Distance learning. Distance learning. You poor teachers. Oh, my goodness. And students. I don't know. It's crazy. Right? This one. Comorbidity. That's a, that, I didn't know that word before. I don't know not know. Write all about it, right? What we've learned more than anything is that nothing in life is guaranteed. We should also pray for those helicopter pilots that are rescuing people out of the mountains today. pray for their safety and care and protection as well. You know, we're finding these new ways to learn and to work and to worship and to shop and all all those things. But, uh, and I, you know, I am amazed how well most of us are, are adapting. I, I don't know about you, there's some days I struggle with kind of a despondency. I miss being able to look people in the face in the store. I miss being able to smile at somebody. I, I, I miss those things and I feel the kind of the weight of all these changes. I miss hugs and handshakes. Well in this passage though, in this season of you know things rapidly changing James is addressing the, that very thing that you don't know what tomorrow is going to be about. And here he's turning his attention specifically to business people, to those doing business. But it applies to all of us. Life in the first century could be surprisingly mobile for those uh, in industry and in business. We, we may not think about it that way. But particularly in the Jewish business community, uh, it, it was not unusual to set up shop or to set up business in another city or another location for a period of time. And, and non-Jewish cities like Rome and Antioch, Damascus, um, these, these cities had, had huge Jewish communities. And, and so there would be a lot of trade and a lot of business going between these major cities. You had major highway routes, uh, the, the Maritime Highway and the Kings Highway, these, uh, the, the Royal Road. You got these major transportation routes. So it was not unusual to make big moves and to, to do business in these different places. So business travel and business trips is nothing new. They just tended to be longer and extended periods of time. And that's what James was addressing here. And I, I want to be very, very clear that the, the Bible is not anti-business. The Bible is not anti-wealth or anti-profit. There's a lot of teaching in the Bible about how to work, how to plan, how to how to, um you know, invest well. Jesus tells parables that, in a sense, elevate this principle of using well what you have to generate revenue. So, if anything, the Bible is, in, in a sense, in a favor of a kind of a free market capitalist system. So, we can talk about that some other time. But um, it's not, it's, it, you know, it's not socialist or, or Marxist. It, 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 it elevates individual and personal freedom. Um, some people like to say that Jesus came for the poor, which is not really quite accurate. Jesus came for the lost, which includes all of us. It did. But outside of Christ, it included all of us. Now, Jesus showed care for the poor, and he, he he leveled the playing field that the poor person who's poor is just as valuable as the person who's wealthy. But Jesus came for all who are lost, and that's important to, to understand. He had rich friends, and he had poor friends. James... Here is addressing this overconfidence that that we sometimes have in in making plans, right? So we so easily say, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this or that. And and how many of you, this, I I bet you there's not a person in our gathering here who can't say, well, I had planned to do, right? How many of you had planned a trip that got canceled? Right. Uh, Some of you had planned to. To, to, to open a business or do some other thing that I was going to. I've had to cancel. I've been trying to get up to see my, my, my folks. My dad celebrated his 90th birthday this year. I've been trying to get to see him. I've had to cancel three trips. I'm like, I don't know. Am I ever going to get to see my parents again? You know, these are heavy things. We, we make a plan and it's canceled. There's nothing wrong with making plans. Plans are good. Bible encourages that. It talks about that in various places. But verse 14 just asks the simple and key question. is says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Well, I can look at the forecast. I can, I can make a plan. I can talk to people and make arrangements. But you just don't know. There's folks that went up for a camping long weekend. And yesterday, they had to be rescued by helicopter out of Mammoth Pool's campground. They didn't know what tomorrow would bring. i, I like to think that I know that I can make those plans, but, but we don't. There's so little that we're actually in control of, whether it's the weather or, or someone else's actions. There's so many variables that we can barely control ourselves, even on, the, on a good day. So how about this? If you're taking notes today, you want to write this down. You're really not the boss. Or I'm really not the boss. You're really not the boss. That's what, what James is letting us know here. And the sooner we get this in our heads, the better. I'm not the boss of my life. James continues. He says, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. Some of you are too young to remember what real fog is. But some of you remember the Tule the fog, right? And kind of, I remember being when I was in school here in the 90s. And this heavy, heavy, heavy fog would settle in for days and days. And uh, you could not see a thing. So James is not talking about that fog. He's talking about the mist that blows in and is gone. And so life is quick. If you're over 70, you probably feel like, well, just a couple years ago, I was 40. And I'm over 50. And I think that I'm 28. I mean, it just goes quick. Then the words that have come up a lot in this series, humility and wisdom, we kept to come back to. We just keep coming back to. But here's another example of of why. He says, you, you know, if you say, I'm going to do such and such tomorrow, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to this city, I'm going to make money, I'm going to profit, I'm going to establish my business, and so on. When we do that without first consulting the Lord, without submitting our plans to Him, James says it's arrogant, it's pretentious to say that. Well, I'm going to do this. But we don't know. It's saying, it's a way of saying, I'm in control, I'm the boss, I'm in charge of my life, and we just know that's not true. There's just so many variables we we do not have control over. You see, here's the thing. A, a believer in Jesus is someone, a Christ follower, someone who's been able to say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? It means he is over. He is the boss. He is the commander he is in charge he is lord of all or not or lord not at all and so if he is the boss then i submit my plans to him wherever you wherever you spent your working life or wherever whatever job you're in right now if you're a student in the classroom whoever's in charge you have to submit yourself to their leadership or you won't make it you won't stick around so we submit ourselves to jesus and and, and I will say this. Here's the amazing thing. When we submit ourselves to Jesus' plans, some of our best days we discover were the unplanned days, the things we didn't see coming, the things we didn't anticipate, didn't even necessarily prepare for a, a chance encounter or a reconnecting with an old friend or an opportunity to serve somebody in need or, or help when we didn't expect it or something kind of comes through your life. I, I saw watch one news episode this week, and a guy whose house burned down, he said, "This is the best thing that ever happened to me." And I kind of ex- can explain why. I'm like, "Well, yeah, the GoFundMe that people set up for you did help out a lot, but you know, something that was bad, he, he recognized actually it's it's going to be okay." So sometimes those unplanned things become the best interruption. So I would say this rather than clinging on, holding on, hold your days loosely. If you're not the boss, which you're not, then hold your days loosely. Hold your days loosely. James introduces this great phrase, if the Lord wills or Lord willing, or if the Lord wants us to, we will do this. In the home I grew up in, we were taught to say that a lot. That's that's kind of how I was raised. Well, Lord willing, we'll do this tomorrow. I sometimes tease our staff when we're leaving at the end of the day. I say They'll say, see, tomorrow? I'll say, yep, Lord willing, if the creeks don't rise. They're sick of me saying that. But it's true. If the Lord wills, I'll be back. My plan is to be back. And there's a fly buzzing around my head who has a will of his own, apparently. Now, where are my 80s music fans? You remember the... Uh, the band 38 special and don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. That's right. It's kind of cliche, but there's truth in that. You got to hold loosely. We can make plans. We should make plans. We can, and we should, you know, be wise and prepare for the future. If you're, you know, thinking about, hey, I'm not going to be 27 forever. Think about preparing for even retirement and so on. But know this, life is brief and unpredictable. Hold it loosely. Everything we do is subject to this. If the Lord wills, we will do such and such. I don't know when you think about the life of Jesus in the Gospels, you recognize that he lived this way every day. He, he followed his Heavenly Father's directions and responded to needs as they came up. So Jesus had plans. He was on his way to something, but he allowed those interruptions to become meaningful in his life and responded to those needs. A blind man interrupts him to, to receive healing. Uh, they, they tear the roof Open in the middle of a Bible study. Let a guy down that needs healing. And Jesus does it. John, uh, Jesus said himself in John 5.19. He said, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing himself. Think about this. This is Jesus. The son of God says, I can do nothing on my own. He says he only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. Jesus is taking his orders, his commands, his direction. From the father, Jesus held his days loosely. Now, what if God were trying to interrupt your plans today, tomorrow, this week? Would you respond? Could you respond? Are you holding loosely enough that you could say, "Okay, God, I can pivot. I can adjust. I can do what you're calling me to do. I can stop and listen or stop and help or do what you are asking me to do. What if what if God places an opportunity in your path? I, I'm trying to keep my eyes and ears open for this stuff. And it might be something as simple as someone who needs help changing a, a flat tire or, or somebody who needs help in the you know, panhandling or, or, or some way that you have an opportunity to step in if you'll keep your eyes and ears open. When Bob, our custodian, and I were just talking this morning saying, you know, is there something we can do to step up and assist now with the aftermath of the creek fire? You know, and if, if you know, have connections to figure out if there's a way we can do that, let me know. We want to respond as, as, as we're able with the resources that we have. Here's the last thing I want to just finish with is, as you pursue plans, are you really surrendering them to the Lord? Can you say, well, if the Lord's willing, we're going to do this and this? To put it another way, and I'm going to give you something that might help you remember this, are you making plans or are your plans? G-I-C, God in charge. Are your plans G-I-C, God in charge? It's been said over and over in 2020 that, that this year has taught us not to be sure of anything. Right now, we're making plans for a, an Israel trip in October 2021. If you've never been to Israel, I would, I would love to have you join us. It's just a profound thing to experience the land of the Bible for yourself. But we're making those plans G-I-C. God in charge. It may not happen. It may get changed. It may get interrupted. Might, something else might have to happen. Most of us make plans without considering the call of the gospel at all on our lives. We plan a vacation or we buy a car or we, we, we change jobs or we move houses. and We don't really ask the Lord about it. I mean, we tell everybody else, but we don't stop and talk to the Lord about it. But what if we really believe that the Lord directs the steps of a righteous person? Can you really believe that if your life is submitted to the Lord, he's actually directing your path, directing your steps on the mountains and in the deep valleys, through the good times and the hard times? Psalm 37, verse 23, says it this way. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Think about this. You could even personalize and say the Lord directs my steps. He delights in every detail of my life. He wants to lead you if you'll make your plans GIC, God in charge. When we take off down the road without consulting the Lord or, or even acknowledging him, we miss his leadership. We go on that vacation or that business venture and move into that education field or whatever it is without acknowledging if the Lord wills. We, we, we're effectively taking ourselves out of his protection and out of his leadership in our lives but what if we had developed this this habit of of gic planning god in charge planning instead of boasting about our plans we we let god take care of it. well we're we're hoping to to uh you know go on this camping trip next weekend lord willing but we'll see what happens right because when when you do gic planning you end up being in a place, you find yourself surprisingly sometimes in a place to bless somebody, to help someone in need. You end up in a place where you receive help or a blessing from someone else. It's awesome. Now James ends this passage right there with verse 17 with what seems a bit of an out-of-place statement, a kind of an odd conclusion to this chapter. He says, verse 17, remember, it's sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. It's a sin to know what you ought to do But not to do it It seems very abrupt suddenly in this passage. It's what we call a sin of omission. The sin of omission means. Not doing something I ought to do omitting that. Rather than committing a sin of something I ought not to do. And when you make your your business plans or your personal plans without GIC. You risk. Doing the very things You risk not doing the very things God's calling you to do. You risk missing God's blessing, leadership, protection, care, provision in your life. So that's why it's a sin to not obey God when he gives you instruction. When we aren't taking our plans to the Lord, we don't even hear the instructions. That's how we miss it. I invite uh, Lindsay, would you come back and Josh and. Connor and Evan, would you come back and lead us? They got one last song for us. You know this is true. Today is all you have. I bet you you kind of got a schedule for the week. Tomorrow's Labor Day. You're thinking about what I'm going to do on the hottest day of the year, <laughs> right? You're making some kind of plans, even if the plans are to do nothing. We make our plans, but today is actually all you have. This moment is all you have. Your response is all you have right now, today. And the Lord is calling you to trust Him with your plans, with your life, with your goals, with your business, with your education. All those things, God is calling you to trust Him. See, Jesus gave gave His life for you so that you could live for Him. He's rescued you out of death. He's rescued you out of slavery to sin. So that you could have life forever. So it only makes sense to bring that life under his leadership and say, Jesus, I trust you with everything. I trust you to forgive my sin. I trust you to make me a new person. And I trust you to lead me as the Lord of my life. G.I.C. God in charge. It's okay to make plans, but make them in light of if. The Lord wills. We will do this and this. After all, you're you're really not the boss. You're really not the boss. So hold those days loosely. In fact, the only one you know that you have is this, this one. And make sure your plans are GIC. And in doing so, the Lord's going to lead you into things you never thought possible. New businesses, new jobs, new opportunities, new relationships. You name it we're going to sing a song called oceans if you're not familiar with this i'll just kind of paint the scene it's really a reflection out of an experience that that one of the disciples had a guy named peter he was in a boat there with his friends and it's stormy and 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 jesus was not with them at that moment he came walking to them on the water and they were scared and they they didn't understand what was happening and And Jesus identified himself. And Peter said, if it's really you, tell me to to come and walk out to you. Tell me to come out there on the water. And Jesus says, come on over. Peter gets out of the boat, steps into the wind and the waves. and, and, And he's walking on water. It's a supernatural experience. He looks around, he sees the storm, and he begins to immediately sink. Jesus rescues him and says, why do you have faith? I I thought it was pretty good faith just to get out of the boat in the first place. But what if that same kind of thing is what Jesus is calling you to every day? Would you call me on the water to deeper places, places of greater faith, places of greater trust, places where, God, you're in charge of every plan?